This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, friend, and happy Valentine's Day. In honor of February being Heart Healthy Month, I would like to talk about a type of dementia that is preventable, vascular dementia. I'm going to talk about that, and then at the end, I do have a special Valentine's message that I always published on my blog, but this year, I'm going to deliver it via podcast. So, let's talk about vascular dementia. But before I do, Amira is in the office slash sound studio with me, and she has one of her bully sticks, so you may hear her crunching in the background. She's been good all day, but as soon as I started recording the podcast, she brought her bully stick and her squeaky toys, and she has set up a nice little spot next to my chair. Okay, so vascular dementia. The Alzheimer's Association estimates that one in five dementias is due to vascular dementia, which means 20% of all dementias are preventable. So what is vascular dementia? Vascular dementia refers to decreases in cognitive abilities, such as memory, planning, executive function, all the different cognitive abilities abilities, due to damage in the brain from cardiovascular disease. You may have heard the statement, what is good for the heart is good for the brain. That statement is true. The same health conditions that cause blocked heart blood vessels, which then can cause heart attacks, are the same things that cause blocked brain blood vessels. These items include high cholesterol, years of high blood pressure, obesity, lack of physical exercise, and also having diabetes on top of all of these things. When blood vessels are damaged, the body tries to fix them by creating little scabs of clotting materials inside the blood vessel. Sometimes the little scabs are absorbed by the body. Sometimes repeated repairs cause scarring, and that scar tissue can be big enough to block off smaller blood vessels, or they allow such tiny little streams of blood through that it's not enough to feed the neurons, and the neurons die off because they can't receive oxygen from these completely blocked or partly blocked blood vessels. When people have what's called a heart attack, the heart tissue's need for oxygen is greater than the amount of oxygen being delivered. And some of those same things I talked about, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, all of those things can cause blockages in the heart vessels, in the heart blood vessels, which then cause 
death of heart cells. And if you have enough of this, you can have a massive heart attack. And that's why people get bypasses where other veins are taking from their legs or other parts of their body. And the veins create a detour around the blockage in the blood vessel. We're not there with brain surgery at this time. What happens is over time, you get more and more of these blocked off blood vessels in the brain and you have bunches of neurons that die. You can see this type of damage on an MRI. What you see on an MRI are little white dots that represent areas of neuron death. In the beginning, one or two little pinpoints of damage. Over time, as the damage becomes more extensive, you start to see larger white patches of dead neurons, and eventually you see the wipeout of entire networks. So you can look at an MRI, and the MRI is usually graded as a score of mild, moderate, severe. So as the damage gets worse, the little points of damage start to run together to become larger areas of damage. Now that I told you about vascular dementia, the question is how to prevent it. The first is making sure that your blood pressure is controlled. Staying at ideal body weight, reducing alcohol intake, and being physically active for at least 30 minutes five times a week helps to keep blood pressure in the healthy range. And exercise also helps to control cholesterol. Diet is important. Eating lean proteins like chicken and fish help with brain health. This also means limiting red meat and animal fats. The fats in your diet should come from plant sources like olives or avocados. Having at least five servings of fresh fruit and vegetables is also important. If fresh fruit and fresh vegetables are not available, frozen is the next best thing. Fruits and vegetables have nutrients called antioxidants that are important for brain health. I know there's lots of vitamins and supplements that say they deliver antioxidants, but the reality is the body is designed to get nutrients from food, not from pills. So we don't know how well the body absorbs antioxidants and supplements in pill form. Also, fruits and vegetables fill us up with fewer calories, which promote healthy, maintaining healthy ideal body weights. If you have high blood pressure or diabetes or both, you can help yourself by taking your prescribed medications to keep both under control. If you have a family history of high blood pressure or diabetes, make sure that you share this information with your healthcare provider and have both monitored. Doing these things when you are younger is best. However, even if you are in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, it is not too late. You can't reverse what damage has been done but you can prevent more damage to your brain by adopting these healthy approaches. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have the occasional cheeseburger. It's about cumulative decisions and the majority of your choices. Another sad fact about vascular dementia is vascular dementia 
predominantly affects people from minority groups, especially Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Native Americans who all share the same risk factors of cardiovascular disease. And it's the cardiovascular disease which causes the neurons to die in the brain and then cause the memory problems that you see. Now, vascular dementia is a little different than Alzheimer's in that vascular dementia tends to have more plateaus and the progression seems to be gentler, where Alzheimer's, generally speaking, tends to have more of a steady decline. And there are other differences as well. But another point is there are people who may be genetically at risk for Alzheimer's disease. And let's say their genetics are creating some damage, but it would take you maybe until your 80s for enough damage from Alzheimer's to be evident in your memory, in your speech, and in how you conduct yourself. But if you add vascular dementia to the picture, it may cause you to show signs of memory loss and confusion decades earlier than if you only had Alzheimer's disease. So when you have vascular dementia on top of other dementias, and you can, it tends to cause people to show problems much, much earlier than they would have if they didn't have those high-risk vascular factors. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to share my Valentine message. Don't go anywhere. I'd like to share with you my annual Valentine's Day message. I started posting it in the Make Dementia Your Bitch blog in February 2018, and I reposted it with some edits every year. This year, I'm instead going to share it on the podcast. So here we go. Chocolates, plush animals, flowers, and romantic cards. These are today's Valentine's Day staples. But if you want to see real love in action, watch a care partner for someone with dementia. And my apologies to St. Paul. I used his first letter to the Corinthians, verses 4 to 13, as the outline for this post, for this podcast. Love really tries to be patient, especially when I try to figure out why a certain behavior is happening. Love is kind. I play to my loved one's strengths instead of dwelling on the not-so-great parts. Love gently provides the same answer to the same question asked six times in the last five minutes, especially about the changes in the healthcare climate, like why we still have to wear masks. Love sweetly listens to the same stories over and over again. Love is entering my loved one's reality as I try to get him or her bathed and dressed. I'm tired of fighting, but I continue to persevere. Love is creative as I find meaningful activities that respect his or her preferences. 
I am gratified to find a respite center near me so my loved one can have a social activity that is supportive. Love is accepting more care responsibilities when the sitter doesn't show up or my family members try to help, but they are overwhelmed with their own lives. I try not to be resentful, but it is hard. We were always there for them. I wish they were here for us. Love is laughing at oneself and seeing the humor in the situation. Love is understanding that the person with dementia is not doing things to be disagreeable. The person with dementia is trying to make sense out of a sometimes scary and nonsensical world with mixed up memories. Love is becoming the memory. Love is helping to dress and bathe. Love is feeling thrilled that he put the left shoe on the left foot today. Love is feeling joy that she knows who I am today. Love is feeling triumphant because I figured out how to get him into the shower without a fight today. Love can be boastful. Yay! We had no problems with the doctor's visit. Look what we did. Love never fails, although I feel like I do at times. But where there are yucky days and there seem to be more this past year, they will pass. Where there are challenges, they will fade. For we know in part how to handle situations because we are learning. And every day brings more ideas and abilities than the one before. Before I became a care partner, I talked, thought, and reasoned differently. When I became a care partner, I began to see the world through my loved one's eyes. Love is balancing my health and sanity with his or her care needs without killing myself. I realize that at some point, I may not be able to handle everything and placement will be an act of love for both of us. Faith, hope, and love remain. My faith gives me the strength to do some pretty difficult things. My hope helps me to persevere because I am optimistic that this journey will continue to yield positive and surprising lessons. But it is my love for my family member, the greatest of the three, that make it all possible. Happy Valentine's Day to the greatest examples of love, the care partners of persons with dementia. If you are caring for someone living with dementia and you need some extra help and information, please check out my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch, on Amazon. Sometimes the book is not enough. I have a few spaces for individuals needing one-on-one help. I use ClickMeeting, a platform similar to Zoom. You can have up to six family members on the video call. This way, everyone is on the same page. I record the consultation and send everyone a link to download the video file so that you can listen to it repeatedly. 
The cost is a flat rate of $300 for an hour-long session, regardless of the number of people on the call. I have helped many families with problems and saved them hours of aggravation trying to figure out things themselves. Plus, by having everybody on the call, there was none of this whisper down the lane or accusations. Everybody heard the same thing, and it was recorded so they could go back and listen. If you are interested, please send me an email at rita.jablonski at gmail, and we can have a 15-minute, no-obligation call to see if I can help you and if we would be a good fit working together. Again, happy Valentine's Day, my awesome caregiver, and together we're going to make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your Bee, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.